I, uh, again, my name's Aaron, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here, and it's just good to be back. I've been out the last uh, number of weeks. I fell ill. I uh, somehow acquired COVID, um, and I'm thankful to be back with you all, and I am 100%, nearly 100%, and, um, you know, I had a lot of time. When you're sick, that's something you end up getting. Is it? it, it you know, when you're healthy, um, you don't really realize how easy it is to just take for granted life and living life. And it's so easy to get just busy and you just go about life like, uh, here's what the schedule says and here's the things, the places I need to be and, and the things, the to-do lists and the things that I need to accomplish. And it's so easy for us just to sort of go through life uh, and day by day, uh, we exist and we run around and we accomplish things and we uh, bring our kids to different events and we join small groups and we work hard and we go on vacations and, um, you know, life just goes by and often it goes by very quickly. But when we get ill, uh, things slow down. In, in, in fact, in some ways, they just sort of stop. And you can't do the things that you are used to doing. Your schedule completely uh, opens up. You, uh, you know, don't seem, when you're really sick, you don't care necessarily about the things that you, you cared about when you were healthy. Life, just when we get ill, seems to slow down. Um, and in that, it affords us an opportunity, I think, to reflect. So I got, I don't know, sick a number of weeks ago now, and the first couple days were kind of nice, to be honest with you, because uh, the idea of just laying in bed and catching up on sleep and not having to do anything, it was, it was kind of nice. And um, I started to, you know, watch shows to, to kill time and to just recuperate. And uh, boy, after about three, four days of television, I just got so sick of it. I think I watched eight seasons of Meat Eater. Um, <laughs> if you're a vegetarian, it's probably not your jam. It's probably not your show, but they're not trying to, you know, trick you. The show's literally called Meat Eater. But it's on, uh, it's on Netflix. It's about this guy who goes and hunts, and then he eats. Um, and he hunts all over the country, and he hunts all sorts of different things. And I probably, I don't know, about, about episode, I don't know, 43, I go, I'm so sick of watching this guy eat. <laughs> you know? And I started watching some other shows, and I just got so sick of watching nothing, television, movies, just things that don't matter. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I just finally, I shut it off, and I just, thought, I just began to think. It's a novel idea. <laughs> uh, and I began to reflect and, and uh, realize just how easy it is to take for granted things like health. I had been, you know... For me, the worst part of COVID was just like the length of it. Like it just was, for me, it, it, it didn't give up. I think I had a fever for like eight, nine days. 
And, um, you know, if you've been sick for a long time, you, you begin to wonder if you're ever going to feel well again. Or you, you forget what it was like to be healthy. And as I, as I was just reflecting, um, I was thinking, man, I, take, I so easily take for granted so many things, including my health. A number of years ago, one of my closest buddies, his wife tragically passed away in her 30s. And I'll never forget the night that she passed away. I was over there with a couple other friends um, mourning with him. And one thing he said that I won't ever forget my whole life, he just said, if you don't have your health, you don't have much. You know, you can have um, relationships, you can have money, you can have wealth, you can have nice stuff. But, like, if you don't, if you're not healthy, like, that stuff just doesn't really matter. And, um, you know, as I was sick the last number of weeks, reflecting on that and recognizing, um, I just, I so easily just run through life. I just so easily get focused on stuff and getting stuff done and experiencing different things that I sometimes fail to slow down and just reflect on the gift that every day is that life is, like when I'm healthy, that that is a gift. When I wake up in the morning, when I put air in my lungs, like this is a gift. And everything else that God has given me, whether it's the, like a job, money, a house, the ability to go on vacations, all that other stuff, is just like extra stuff that I don't deserve, that for some reason God has just blessed me. And yet I so easily live a life where I think I deserve it all. I so easily live a life where I fail to reflect on everything that God has given, uh, including my health, as a gift. And it's so easy just to take for granted all that we have. You know, the Bible, it talks um, a lot about, about not, like, God not wanting us to live lives that uh, we take for granted. God does, is not interested in us living lives um, where we have regret. And, um, you know, the place that I often find myself going when I don't have language to pray or uh, to express my thoughts or feelings toward God is the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms has really, in some ways, been given to us to give us language when we don't have it. It's, it's an opportunity um, for us to go and find words to pray, to worship, to celebrate, to thank God when maybe we don't have the words. And a psalm that, um, that I reflected on during these last couple weeks was Psalm 103. And this is David. You know, David, uh, an amazing character. He's, he's known as a, as a man after God's own heart. That's quite, an, uh, quite a compliment to, for God to give you, you know. And yet, what a mess uh, he made of things in his life. He was far from perfect. He was far from a superhero. Um, he made a lot of bad choices, <laughs> a lot of bad choices. He did things that, that many of you will never do in your life. Commit adultery or murder or 
uh, you know, manipulate and use power that he had been given to, to manipulate situations. I mean, he did some, some pretty rotten things, and yes, he, he's a man after God's own heart. And in this psalm, we, we, we see a man who even in his, his failures, um, he gets what it means to pursue God, to seek God despite his failures. He, he, he gets what it means to live a life of worship. He gets what it means to worship God and give thanks to God in all circumstances, good and bad. And he says this in Psalm 103. This is what he writes. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Let me just pause there. He starts this psalm, this song, by saying, praise God from my inmost being. In other words, I want to praise God from the deepest parts of my soul, from, from the deepest parts of, of, of me. And it is, it is perfectly, it is like, it is uh, possible, perfectly possible to worship God and to praise God from a shallow place. You know, to go through the motions, and, and I think all of us at times are, are guilty of this, particularly when we gather. We, we have, you know, a band that plays songs, and then we put the words up on the screen, and you can check in or check out. You can pay attention. You don't have to pay attention. You can easily sing the words, but it not, but it, but it not go very far in your heart and your soul. And David's like, I want to be somebody who praises God from the deepest parts of who I am because he deserves all of who I am. Like, I don't want to go through the motions. You know, later tonight, the Vikings play, and I'm, I'm actually... Uh, excited because it'll, I'm going. It's the first game I've gone to, the first Vikings game at U.S. Bank Stadium, so I'm excited just to see the stadium. And I assume that when I go in and the game starts and they blow that big horn and people are not going to come in and do this. It's just not going to happen. People are going to go crazy. Grown men paint their faces at NFL games. And um, I always find it interesting that, uh, <laughs> that men in particular who aren't expressive, you know, that's sort of our thing, like we're not as expressive. You go to an NFL game and they're, they're as expressive <laughs> as a person can be, like, like crossing sort of comfortable boundaries and what is appropriate and is appropriate. And I'm like, we, we watch while fans are in the stands, and they are passionate. They are screaming. They're yelling. Like, that is sort of an example of, of all of you. But then we often come into church, and it's like somber. And I'm not, I'm, listen, on the other side of this, 
uh, it's perfectly possible for you to come into church and be somber and be worshiping with all of your heart, as well as it's perfectly possible to come into this place and be all over the place, raising hands, waving flags on your knees, and it not being true. It not being uh, from your heart, more of an act. I'll never forget, I went to this worship night at this church, and they started to sing, and it got, it got Pentecostal quick. And this young man, I watched as he ran up to the front of the stage. This is like January, winter. And he's in basketball shorts and um, like a tank top. And he is all over the place, worshiping and giving it a go. And I watched him and I go, he dressed like that because in, in the middle of winter because he knew that physically he was going to give it. And he didn't want to overheat. <laughs> and I thought, I, I go, so he planned that. Like he knew I am going to give it a go. And I'm like, what if, you walked, what, if, what if you walked in and God was like, I just, I want you to be still before me. Like, was that, did that ever cross your mind? Or were you committed to whether or not, what, regardless of what God said, uh, I'm, I'm going to be all over the place? See, the point is this. It's not about whether you're somber, somber or all over the place. It's a matter of the heart. You know, and if I'm willing to go to a Vikings game and scream and yell and shout, am I willing to come into the place of worship and scream and yell and shout and thank a God who's given me all that I have and blessed me and has taken care of me and has uh, secured my everlasting future? Like, forget, you know what happens when a team wins the Super Bowl? And now I don't know because uh, my team's never won it. <laughs> but I've talked to people whose teams have won it. And I go, what happens after your team wins the Super Bowl? It must be thrilling. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Well, then a week goes by, and, what, and then the next season starts. What do you want? I want to win another Super Bowl. Like, it doesn't last. Like, the team, the fan base, it's not you win the Super Bowl, and then you're like, yeah, I'm done. This is awesome. I got, we, we did it. We accomplished it. You want more and more and, and, and more. Like, it's, we're insatiable in that way. And yet, here's a God who what he's offering us is not something that dies out or is insatiable. It's something that is satiable. It is forever. It's, it's eternal life. It's, it's a future secured. And so one of the things that we need to recognize in our lives is that part of our, our, uh, the way we live a big part of the way we live is, is that our lives are an act of worship. And what does it look like for me to, to praise God from my inmost being? And it doesn't mean you need to do things that you're uncomfortable doing. And it doesn't mean you should fake it because you shouldn't. But we need, when we come into these places particularly together and we get an opportunity to worship, we should start by by. by setting our eyes on God and saying, God, open my heart, open the deepest parts of me to, so that I can offer the deepest parts of me to you and then move in me. And if, if you lead me to get on my knees, I will say yes. 
because I want to bow to you because you're God and I'm not. If you want me to raise my hands because I want to I reach out to a God who is there and I want to proclaim that he, that he is there and that I can, I can hold him, I will do that. If you want me to just be somber, if that's what, God, I am to come into this place and just bow my head, I will do that. But at the end of the day, when I gather, I want to worship you with honesty and depth and all of who I am. The problem is we get comfortable with our expression and we go through the motions and we miss out on the opportunities to, to interact with a real, living, powerful God. And David's just like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to miss out. He goes on to say, who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, I, there's some tension here because David says, like, we, we are to praise God because um, of what he's done. And he, he has forgiven us of our sin and he's healed all our diseases. And the tension that's raised is, well, what, what happens when God doesn't, like, heal my disease? You know, and I think when you get something like COVID, I think anybody who's had it, you go, am I going to be one of the people who gets over it or who doesn't? It's such a strange virus how some people can have it and not even know that they have it. They exhibit no symptoms. And then another person can have the exact same thing and it can take their life. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that once I found out I had it. I got some anxiety around what, which, you know, which person am I going to be, God? And of course, you, you know, I prayed, and I, I prayed, you know, for my wife who had it too, and it's like, okay, God, pre please heal us. Um, but there's people, and people in your lives, I would assume, who have not uh, survived COVID uh, or cancer, or heart disease, I mean, name, name the, the disease, and we go, how do I read that? And go, he heals all our diseases, but he didn't heal my dad, my mom, or my brother, or my, my friend. Like, there's tension there. But one of the things, and we're going to see it through the text, is at the end of the day, God is far more concerned with spiritually healing us. And it's not that he's not interested in physically uh, healing us, but at, the, but at the end of the day, the soul is what matters most. And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be dualistic here and saying the body doesn't matter because the body does but, you know, Jesus says, like, don't be afraid of, of somebody who can physically hurt you. Like, even if somebody is going to execute you, do not be afraid of the executioner who can physically destroy the body. Rather, be more concerned, more afraid of him who holds your soul in his hands. Like, that's eternal. All of us will die but everyone in eternity 
will stand before God. And the Bible, look, at the end of the day, the Bible uh, and, and God expresses that God is far more interested in the longer term view of things. The eternal view of things. And sometimes God in the short term, he heals us. And sometimes we pray and, and God heals us physically. And then other times, catastrophe. In, in, for whatever reason, and we, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we rarely find the answers in this life, God says no, and people we love pass away and aren't healed. A number of years ago, a friend of mine, uh, her, his mom was dying of cancer. And uh, she had asked if a few of us, this was when I was pastoring at Mercy Hill, a few of the pastors from Mercy Hill would come and pray for her. And this was, you know, at this point she was in hospice and um, pretty dire. Everybody, I think, knew what the, what the outcome was going to be. And we went into her hospital room. And it ended up just being days before she ultimately did pass away. Um, but uh, we sat, and, and, and the group, small group of us, we chatted. And, and then um, she said, would you pray for me? And we said, of course. And she goes, pray for my healing. I said, of course. And she goes, I know that God will answer uh, your prayers. And I'm thinking, like, uh, Honestly, I was thinking, I don't know, that I, 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 I want to believe and I want to believe that he can heal you of this cancer and you could get out of this bed and go live another 20 years. But I'm thinking, like, it, it just looks bleak. And I don't, I don't know if God is going to say yes to that. He could, and I believe he has the power to heal like that. But I, it doesn't, from what I can see, doesn't look great. And it was almost like she knew what maybe I was thinking or others. And she goes, I know that God will answer that prayer because God's going to heal me either way. If God says yes to my physical healing and I walk out of this bed, awesome, praise God. But 5, 10, 20 years from now, something else is going to come and take me. But if I close my eyes and I take my last breath, when I eyes open again, I will see my Savior face to face and I will be healed. Like people don't beat or lose to cancer. When you're a believer, you know, if the cancer, if you're able to fight it off, you beat it, great. But if you die, you didn't lose as a believer. You're more alive than you've ever been. Either way, what Jesus has done th for us through the cross and his resurrection is we get healing. Whether we physically experience God's healing or we take a last breath, our eyes are opened and we are healed as we stand in eternity in the presence of God. And then there's this wonderful promise in Revelation that we will be resurrected and there will be no more death, no more sin, no more tears, no more disease. I think David just, he, he sees 
the like long view that when you're a believer, when you, when you give your life to Christ, you get healing now and forever. And tragically, something might take you out. And realistically, everything is going to take one, all of us out at some point, whether it's old age, a car accident, a disease. But for those of you in this room and for those of us watching... We get healing, eternal healing, because of what Christ has done for us. And I think that's what David, in part, is saying. He redeems our life from the pit and crowns uh, us with love and compassion, who satisfies our desires with good things, so that your, your youth is renewed like the eagles. The, wor- the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Like we deserve far, far worse. And David's like, God gives us good things. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. See, the Bible like, is much more concerned about the disease of sin than any other disease. And the good news is that Jesus has dealt with it. And, and God doesn't respond accordingly to our sin. Like he doesn't, he doesn't keep it against us. He chooses to forget it. And David goes, this is why I can praise God every day, regardless of the circumstances going on in my life, regardless of how I feel, regardless of my health, there is good things to praise God for. That he's made me right in the sight of God. He goes on to say, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows it over and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. In essence, what David is saying is this like, this super humbling like, life is just, it it goes by quick. We're mere mortals. We are subject uh, to death. And when you look at the, through, the, through the lens of eternity, our, even if you get 80 or 90 years on this, in this life, it's not much. But David says that regardless, from everlasting to everlasting, meaning forever, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you, his servants, who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. At the, 
I think uh, what David, if you were to boil down what he's trying to say to us, is let's just not take for granted all that God has given us and all that God has done for us. And sometimes it takes uh, some hard things in life to slow us down enough to pay attention or remember the things that God has given us. You know, I look at my, um, my kids, and uh, my daughter, the last few days, I, I, she has just the cutest little voice, and I know that that voice isn't going to last. Like, it almost sounds like a Disney character, and I love that. Um, but I know, it's, like, it's a season, and, and she'll grow up, and her voice will change, and... Um, like everything in life, there's seasons. And I just want to slow down enough where I can uh, recognize the season that I'm in and just enjoy that because I know it's not going to last forever. And I want to, I just want to, you know, we enter the season now of, thank, of like Thanksgiving. And I guess my, my encouragement, my challenge to us today as a church is um, I don't think it, it, it needs to be that we have to get sick uh, before we, we recognize uh, all that, you know, the things that maybe we're, th- like we're thankful for, the things that we're taking for granted. Um, we can choose that every day. To just, to reflect and slow ourselves down enough to just have eyes open to see all the gifts that God has given us. And when you begin to look at all that you have and the people in your lives and just like your health or whatever it might be, and you see the gift, all the gifts that God has given us, it, you will naturally become a person who, who thanks God and worships God from your inmost being. And I think thankful people are happy people. When we're focused on the things that we have and not the things we need, we want, I think we find contentment and peace, which I think is what we ultimately want in life, is, is, is a feeling of peace and goodness. So, if you'll stand with me, we'll, we get an opportunity now just to uh, sing a couple songs. And I, uh, I'd ask you, as you reflect on what David's wrote, what I shared um, in this moment, to just ask the Holy Spirit to help you see just all the good things God has done for you, all the good things God has given you. And maybe you need to have God open your eyes and just see some things that you've taken for granted. And just to admit, God, I've taken this for granted, but I just want to pause and say thank you. And I want to be somebody who uh, recognizes every day that what, what you have given, what you've done for me, so that I can, I can be a person who lives thankful so I can be a person who finds just contentment in what, where I find myself in this season and enjoy what I have and not get caught up in wanting 
things in the future or going after things that I might not ever have, but being thankful for what I have now. So God, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. Thank you that you have in mind our eternity, that you have a long-term view of our lives and our existence, and that, Jesus, you went to a cross and you shed your blood to defeat death and the sin that causes death. That we get healing now, spiritual healing, where we are right and redeemed and righteous forever. And we, we thank you that we can come to you and ask God for our physically, physical healing. But Lord, we thank you that you've given us complete spiritual healing through Jesus Christ. And I, I pray, Lord, that um, as we enter a season of Thanksgiving, that we would pause and reflect on the things that you have done, the things that you've given us, and just not take for granted, Lord, the things that matter most. We love you, Jesus. We pray it all in your awesome name. Amen.